A new administration starting today. A new president of the United States. And before the inauguration in Washington, D.C., a church service at the Cathedral of St. Matthew the Apostle. But this Mass comes with a twist. Joe Biden, the second Roman Catholic president in American history, has invited Republican and Democratic leaders. Protestants and Catholic leaders are planning to attend and not make the send-off ceremony in Maryland for outgoing President Donald Trump. Even the new Jewish Senate Majority Leader attending. The twist? The sermon will be preached by a Protestant, African-American Methodist pastor Sylvester Beeman from Wilmington, Delaware. Centuries before, the day George Washington was inaugurated, he went to church beforehand. He prayed that God would protect his country, that God would incline the hearts of the citizens to support their government and entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another. Today, let's pray for outgoing and incoming leaders of a nation. Welcome to Haven Today here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're taking a one-day pause today from our month-long series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. It's tough being a pastor in Washington, D.C. right now. I know because I've spoken to more than one in the last two weeks who preach to government officials on both sides of the aisle men and women in both the outgoing and incoming administrations. And though some pastors have taken stands from pulpits and social media accounts supporting both the outgoing and incoming president, as Christians, we can all agree that we need to keep the main thing still the main thing. Our allegiance and our identity should be in Christ alone. In a moment, we're going to be joined by a pastor in the D.C. area who has members in his church from both sides of the aisle. And instead of telling them what they need to do, he has a higher calling. Where we need to serve them is to point them to Jesus and to teach them the Word of God. What they don't need from us is to tell them specifically what to think about things that are happening in that the political realm. That's Pastor David Hankey from Restoration Anglican Church in Arlington, Virginia. He'll be back with us in a moment with some encouraging words I think all of us need to hear today. After the program, I want to give you an opportunity to support this ministry. And for your gift, we want to send you something that will point you to Jesus. It's the Gospel of Luke feature film that's a word-for-word telling of Christ's story in either the NIV or KJV. You just choose how you want to hear it in the DVD menu. The actors, they're talented, shot on location in the Mediterranean, a moving sound score, It all together brings Luke's gospel story to life. I think it'll be a way to better understand the life of Jesus. So would you call us after the program? Would you make your first-of-the-year gift to this listener-supported ministry? And then we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. Our number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch some sample scenes off the DVD. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now we open the program with Shane and Shane. Give us clean hands. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. 
we cast down our idols So give us clean hands Give us pure hearts And let us not lift our souls to another Give us clean hands Give us pure hearts And let us not joined Haven today, and I'm Charles Morris. A special thanks on this day to be with us. Let's go to Washington, D.C. Over past elections, we've had on the senior pastor of Falls Church Anglican in a Virginia suburb. George Washington was a member of the church. Well, that pastor has COVID, and he's currently out of the pulpit. So next door in Arlington, right across from the district in Capitol Hill, There's a well-known and well-thought-of pastor at Restoration Anglican Church, 
David Hankey, thanks for joining me for the very first time on Haven Today. It's a real honor to be here. Thank you so much. Your background is varied. It's from many places. You came out of Gordon-Conwell Seminary. You met the Lord through InterVarsity in college. You served in Austin at the Independent Hope Church. And and now you have the not-so-enviable position of pastoring people with the outgoing administration, the incoming administration, and both sides of the political aisle. I don't know how you do it, but thanks for joining me today. What in the world are you preaching in a time like this? Yeah, that's a great question. I I love our congregation, and I love how diverse it is, and um, they're very thoughtful and creative, and uh, it's been a real honor to get to serve them. So as we were thinking about the fall, um, the place where I wanted to go as a preacher was into the Gospel of Matthew, and really to take a long walk through the Gospel of Matthew. And we started in September, and we're going to end on Easter with Matthew 28. But it was the opportunity to say, let's let's see Jesus, who is our King, and have Him be the place where we fix our eyes each week, so that uh, as we try to navigate a really challenging time, that our eyes are always fixed on Jesus. So I've been preaching through Matthew this fall. Mm. The Lord always kind of ordains and and, and providence uh, allows you to be preaching just the right thing at the right time. What were you preaching? Uh, Where had he led you the Sunday after the storming of the Capitol building? And of course, we're here now at the inauguration and Washington, D.C. is locked down tighter than a drum. (laughs) It is. In fact, uh, the mayor of D.C. today is just urging everyone to please not come. Uh, It's a very unusual message to come out of Washington, D.C. Please stay at home. Please watch online. Please don't come down. And uh, that's been disconcerting for a lot of us just to know that that's the messaging coming out. But on uh, the Sunday right after the incident at the Capitol, uh, by God's grace and providence, I was in Matthew 15, and specifically this interaction that Jesus has with the scribes and Pharisees about what it is that defiles us. And as you know from the passage, the, the scribes and Pharisees come up from Jerusalem, so they're the, you know, the, the cream of the guild. They're the ones who've made it, and they are the ones who are particularly disturbed by the way things Jesus is saying and the way his disciples are acting. And where they want to land first is they seem to eat with hands that they haven't washed. And so the joke I made at the beginning was, what a great message for those of us in a global pandemic, you know, inadequate hand hygiene. Um, We would start there. But as Jesus often does, he moves very quickly from the outside to what's going on in the inside, and he gets at what's going on inside of our heart. But what Jesus does with this particular text in Matthew 15 is that he he identifies that in our in our human proclivities, what we want is to to have a pretty easy way to decide who's in and who's out. We'd love to have a an external and easy way to define what is righteous. And hand washing is perfect. I mean, either you have or you haven't, and um, you can sort of see it. And what Jesus says actually, it's your words. And so to be able to talk to a congregation where everyone's speaking and everyone's listening to words all the time, this was what we needed to hear. 
was to say the best way to diagnose what's going on inside of your heart is actually to hear what you are saying and to hear what's coming out of mm. your mouth. Mm. And so we talked about the things that um, we talked about the ways that we complain, the things for which we covet, the times that we curse. What are those indicating about what's going on inside of our heart? And why would Jesus choose such a, a challenging diagnostic as opposed to hand washing um, to sort of gauge what's going on inside of us and inside of our soul? And for that, um, in my congregation was willing to to be soft and tender towards what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God wanted to say to them. And they were willing to sit quietly and, and let God speak. They were willing to confess their sins ask for forgiveness. Uh, it was a very tender moment for us as a congregation as we looked at our words. Mm, mm. How do you look out on a congregation as you're preaching and and you've got sides that are bitterly opposed to each other and yet they're professing faith in Christ and they're staring at you and they're waiting for a word from the Lord. You're the preacher. You're opening the text to preach from out of God's word. One of the challenging things about being a pastor in the DC area is that you feel this sense that you should be, that you should have an opinion and that you should be opining on what's happening within the federal government. And, um, and so the challenge in that is that for those of us who do pastor in the D.C. area, we, we recognize if we're humble that there are people in our congregation who are just so much smarter and so much more uh, well-read than we are about all the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Where we need to serve them is to point them to Jesus and to teach them the Word of God. What they don't need from us is to necessarily tell them specifically what to think about things that are happening in that in the political realm. That's not the way I'm trained. I'm trained to teach the Word of God. And so after 11 years of doing this and going back and forth with my elders and with various people in my church, um, it, it's been a growth process for me to recognize what what is the lane I need to stay in to actually shepherd people's souls towards Christ. And that is going to be pointing them to Scripture and to the Word of God. And then coming alongside them and praying with them for all the things that are happening within the federal government and within their local area of work and their vocation. And that is where I can be both pastor and person who's praying for them in, in the midst of their work. Mm. Well, that that that's good words. Uh, David... Hanky at Restoration Anglican Church there in Arlington, right across the Potomac from the district. What's the outcome here? You know, what, what's, what's the outcome from COVID? You know, what are you praying for? What are you seeing right now? What are your hopes and what are you asking the Lord for? Well, um, I'm praying that the great institutions of our nation would both be sustained and restored. There's been profound harm and hurt done to them. And the blame can be put on either side of the aisle. And depending on who I'm talking to, they will firmly put it on one side of the aisle or the other. 
but where I can stand back as a follower of Jesus and a citizen of the United States is to say there's been harm to our great institutions and to our heritage. So I can pray and I can come alongside my church and pray that there would be a restoration of what those institutions are supposed to do for us as they look for the common good and as they lead us to be together as a nation, to love our neighbor and to have the means to do that. That is what I'm longing for and praying for in the particular political discourse that we're having. As we think about the coronavirus, I'm so grateful for a vaccine, grateful for the brilliance of people who are figuring out how to get it um, dispensed to so many different people. And uh, for our church, we, we follow a tradition that has a morning prayer and an evening prayer service. And when the uh, when COVID-19 began back on March 15th of 2020, we started meeting every day by Zoom for morning prayer and evening prayer. And that rhythm has sustained our congregation. And we've prayed every day for a vaccine. And now we're praying every day for it to be dispensed quickly. Uh, there, There's great responsibility and great fruit that comes from our prayers together. And, and I'm just so glad that our congregation has been able to join with you know, millions of Christians who are praying for this to come to an end. Mm. David, uh, I'm thinking of churches. I've talked to pastors all across North America. How do we keep and how do you keep as a pastor in Washington the main thing, the main thing? Well, I think one of the most challenging things for us as followers of Jesus is that we profess that we believe in a resurrected Lord. We believe in a resurrection, and we believe in a God that we can't see. And for many people who are outside the church, they look at that and say, you've believed a conspiracy. (laughs) You've believed something that could be that no one can prove. And so when we come to these really challenging moments, we have to remember that Jesus said, I am about the work of my Father. And Jesus said that if you look at me, you can see the Father. And when the world sees Jesus, they see him being lived out within the church, within the body of Christ. We need to be the body of Christ that loves each other, that loves our neighbor, and that loves this broken world that is waiting for the redemption and restoration of our Savior. And so in 2021, as we keep plugging away, I will keep inviting people to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus and doing the work of the Father who sent him. Hmm. David, uh, would you mind just leading us all in prayer? Uh, not just in the United States, but we've got listeners in other countries, Canada, the Philippines, but they're all watching Washington, D.C. right now. Would you lead us in prayer? Yes, I'd be honored to. Father in heaven, I ask that you would increase among us the spirit of neighborliness, that as we walk through these challenging times, we might uphold one another, that as we and others experience suffering that we would tend to one another, that when we are lonely or feel marginalized that we would befriend one another. God, would you grant us brave and enduring hearts that as we come alongside each other, we would contend for each other's good. 
Give us endurance by the strength of your Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus Christ until the disciplines and testing of these days are ended. And would you give peace in our time? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor David Hankey from Restoration Anglican Church in Washington. I just want to say thank you for being with us here on Haven today and for taking the time to encourage us and point us to Jesus today. Charles, thank you so much for for reaching out. I know that it is your heart and desire for the people who listen to be drawn in deeper into their relationship with Jesus and also to have hope that he sees and that he's alive and that he's acting. So thank you so much for reaching out to me and for focusing your thoughts and prayers on what's happening in D.C. this week. Um, We join you in the midst of it. Brothers, let us come together Walking in the Spirit There's much to be done We will come reaching Out from our comforts And they will know us by our love Sisters, we were made for kindness We can pierce the darkness as he shines through us We will come reaching with a song of healing And they will know us by our love The time is now, come church Hey!
Christy Knuckles on an inauguration day, singing By Our Love on a haven today. And on tomorrow's program, we'll return to the third gospel. If we're going to survive 2021, we need to really know Jesus personally. As the eyes of the world turn to D.C. today, all the more our eyes need to turn to Jesus. One of the best ways, I think, to do that is to read through the Gospel of Luke. I've been urging you to join me in doing that all this month, but to help you with this, I'd like to send you the DVD called The Gospel of Luke. It's a word-for-word presentation of the Gospel, as well as a feature film that dramatically portrays the story of Christ, with skilled actors shot on location in the Mediterranean, and the DVD allows you to choose whether to watch it with the NIV or the KJV translations. This DVD experience will help you begin this year fresh in your walk with Jesus. Why don't you call us right now and make your gift to the ministry, and we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. Here's the number to call right now, 800 654 2836. That's 865-HAVEN. Or go online and we have up for you sample scenes from the movie. And that's where you can make your gift and order the DVD at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share together the great story in the Gospel of Luke here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What's in a name? Most of us had to read Shakespeare's famous Romeo and Juliet in high school, so that question surely rings a bell. The Montagues and the Capulets, just names describing two feuding families. The point that tragic romance was trying to make was that names are arbitrary. It doesn't really matter if you're a Montague or a Capulet, because love doesn't work that way. And that's right, but on a much more profound level, names are important. The most important thing about any of us is what we're called by the Lord, and in Christ he calls us son, daughter, beloved. What's in a name? Nothing. Anyone who can come to Christ, but also everything, life, eternity, in Jesus' name. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.